This is edition number 1288 of the Wyndham and Attleborough Talking Newspaper for the 19th of January 2024. Hello, I'm Georgette and I'm pleased to welcome you to the latest edition of your news and information service. The editor is Tony, the sound technician is Lee and the administration was done by Mary. If you're listening by means of a memory stick, the latest edition of Norfolk Magazine will follow the news recording. If you're listening online, the recording can be found on the Chatterbox website, www.cbtn.org.uk. The items you'll hear have been taken from the Wyndham and Attleborough Mercury, Eastern Daily Press, Norwich Evening News, This Express, Wyndham Magazine and the Heatherset Herald. Your other readers are John and Jenny, and the first item will be read by John. Hello everyone. Plans lodged for 21 new homes in Tackleston near Wyndham. Norfolk-based Heritage Developments is hoping to build 21 homes on agricultural land near the fields in Tackleston, a village best known for its telecommunications tower. The estate would consist of a mix of detached, semi-detached and terraced homes. Early plans have revealed proposals for three one-bedroom, five two-bedroom, eleven three-bedroom and two four-bedroom properties. The homes would feature car parking and individual private gardens, while an existing public open space and drainage infrastructure would be maintained. New vehicular and pedestrian access would be developed as part of the project. Heritage is not planning to build any affordable housing at the site, despite South Norfolk Council's requirement for developments to consist of 28% affordable homes. The company is instead hoping to be exempt from the policy, as such a provision would be unviable due to the economic impact of rising labour and material prices, general inflation and rising interest rates. A decision is expected to be made by South Norfolk County Council's Planning Committee by March the 22nd. The plans follow an application last year from Crimson Development Homes for 29 affordable homes at land west of Norwich Road, towards the northern end of the village, Crimson, which is a part of the South Norfolk-based housing association Saffron, is hoping to build five one-bedroom houses, four one-bedroom flats, ten two-bedroom houses, three two-bedroom bungalows, six three-bed houses and one four-bed house, together with associated parking. The properties would be a mix of one and two storeys in height on the land in front of Hilltop Farm. Hello, it's Jenny. Scheme looks all set for approval. A village housing scheme looks set for approval despite locals' fears it could exacerbate sewage and flooding problems. Breckland council officers have given the green light for the development in Bannham near Attleborough to go ahead despite several objections. J. Bunn Homes is seeking to build 43 homes and a community office with public green space on land off Kenninghall Road, which will include 25% as affordable housing. Bannham Parish Council has voiced its opposition to the plans, 
warning that the drainage system in the village is already overwhelmed, causing regular flooding and the backup of sewage in the area. In addition, it fears local schools and GP surgeries are already at capacity and warns that the roads may not be able to cope with the increased traffic. Stephen Askew, a district councillor for the area, has said there are grave concerns that the homes will be built on land that suffered widespread flooding in 2020, which forced some people to abandon their homes. Building on land known to flood has come under the spotlight following the devastating floods in Attleborough in October last year. Ecologists have also objected amid concerns the new builds could affect the great crested newt, a protected species which is known to live in the area. Despite locals' fears, Anglian Water has said it is confident the drainage system can cope with the new homes. Breckland Council's Flood and Water Management team has also said it is satisfied that the proposed drainage measures will mitigate any risk, provided certain conditions are applied that include monitoring of groundwater levels. A number of housing developments have been proposed for Bannham, which could lead to the population of the village increasing by about 30%. Locals fear it will become overdeveloped, putting further strain on services. Despite these concerns, councillors have been recommended to approve the development at the planning meeting on Tuesday, January the 23rd. Council urged not to make cuts to services for disabled. Campaigners are urging County Hall not to cut the funding given to disabled people as it looks to find millions of pounds of savings. Norfolk County Council's £46.2 million budget gap for the coming year has widened after the council was told it would get less than expected from the government to pay for services. The council, which had identified £26.5 million of potential cuts and savings so far, has still to reveal by how much the gap has widened or how it will be plugged. But with major pressures on the budgets for adult social care and children's services, there are fears disabled people could be in the firing line. In 2019, Conservative-controlled Council decided to make disabled people pay more towards their care when it changed its minimum income guarantee, MIG, MIG, and personal independence payments, PIP, policies. But a High Court ruling found that more had, the move had been discriminatory and the Council was forced to apologise and pay money back to more than 3,000 people. However, there are concerns that the Council could look at the issue again, given the financial challenges. At a meeting of the Council's Cabinet this week, Judith Taylor from the Disability Norfolk Network Group said, Is it reasonable to consider making savings for Norfolk County Council by targeting the most vulnerable and worst-off people in Norfolk? Andrew Jameson, the Council's Deputy Leader, said, Local government faces some very difficult funding constraints and we are still considering the impact of the settlement from government on our need to provide services to all Norfolk people and balance our budget as legally required. 
He said he could not yet say where savings would be made, but that the council was attentive to the needs of the most vulnerable. But Mrs Taylor from Buxton near Aylsham, whose son Charlie has Down syndrome, said there will be many who simply will not be able to manage if the MIG is cut and care charges go up. We have met various councillors over the past year or two and genuinely believe that they had begun to understand more about what it's like to live with a disability. I very much hope that they have listened and can make their decision fully aware of the implications to disabled people. Absolutely gutted was the shock at the sudden closure of a soft play area. A former employee of a soft play park that closed suddenly is shocked to find herself without a job and has been left entirely in the dark. Steph Neffy Cooper worked as a senior play assistant at Hullabaloo's in Wyndham until receiving a phone call last Friday that the company had gone into liquidation and her job had been made redundant without prior notice. Miss Cooper, 34, had worked at the Children's Play and Party Centre for nearly three years and was unaware that the company was facing any financial issues. I am absolutely gutted. It was all really sudden, she said. The week before last, my manager was assuring us all was well, and then days later they told us over the phone that that was it and to cease trading by the end of that day. Hullabaloo's was owned by Alpha Leisure Services, which also owned and operated several nurseries around the county. Last month, Alpha announced all of its nurseries would be closed with immediate effect, leaving families in crisis as they searched for last-minute replacement child care. All attempts to contact head office since have gone unheard, leaving Miss Cooper feeling left in the dark. We've had no communication at all, no response to any contact, she said. The sudden closure garnered a similar reception on social media, where people who had parties booked were left confused and uncertain over whether they would be refunded. Miss Cooper added, The job was my everything, and now this has happened. The small team we had made, some amazing memories there. Spending hours hand-painting murals on the walls and really filling it with love. It will be very, very greatly missed by many people. Alpha Leisure has been approached for comment. Devoted wife died from fatal injury. A dedicated and devoted wife died after falling in the kitchen while cooking her husband fish and chips, a court has heard. Joan Ward, 89, of Mill Road in Fawnset, St Peter, near Long Stratton, was found by her husband's carer on the floor at 7.25am on September the 21st last year. Paige King, who helped care for Frederick Ward, discovered the couple both dressed in their previous day's clothes and with the oven on. In a statement to Norfolk Coroner's Court, Miss King said, After entering the room, I saw Joan lying on the floor. She was completely unconscious. On Wednesday evenings, Joan usually cooked fish and chips and would put this on around 4.30pm, which meant she had been down for many hours. She added that Mr Ward, a retired agricultural engineer, 
who suffers from severe advanced vascular dementia, had been asleep in their chair. Miss King dialed 999 and an ambulance took Mrs Ward to the Norfolk and Norwich Hospital, where she later died at 11.55pm. Their daughter, May Pryor, said, approaching her 90th birthday, she was physically quite frail, but determined to care for my father at home for as long as she possibly could. Mentally, she was capable of running her home, paying the bills, ordering online shopping and doing emails. She enjoyed crosswords and playing board games with her two great-grandsons. The court, based at County Hall in Norwich, also heard that Mrs Ward, a retired secretary, was not a frequent faller, but had tripped days earlier, on September the 17th, and sustained a minor head injury. General Practitioner Dr Jane Longridge, of Long Stratton Medical Partnership, also provided a written statement, which was read out to the court on January the 9th. She was a tireless, hard-working carer for her husband, she said. She was offered support, but saw it as her duty. She was devoted to him. The medical cause of death was given as a traumatic subdural hematoma due to or because of a fall. Area coroner Yvonne Blake concluded her death was accidental. Plans to increase parking fees are pulled from meeting. Plans to increase car parking fees in three market towns have been pulled from a meeting just days before they were due to be discussed. South Norfolk Council had been due to consider increasing fees for the first time in eight years at a meeting on Monday. But the report has now been dropped from the meeting for more consideration, particularly on the introduction of parking fees on Sunday for the first time. Lisa Neal, Cabinet Member for Stronger and Greener Community, said the report included a number of suggestions and options for councillors to consider about the future of on- and off-street parking in South Norfolk. Quite rightly, all options have been included for discussions, but councillors feel that more thought is needed around some of the proposals, especially that of Sunday charging. Car parks are a vital element in improving access to our local businesses and high streets and we have invested in doubling the electric charging points in each of our market towns. All monies raised through car park charges are reinvested in the service to cover the costs of the upkeep and maintenance of the sites and it's important that the cost of the service is paid for by the user rather than the general council taxpayer. The authority has kept fees static since 2016, while the initial price point of £1 has been unchanged since 2011. South Norfolk Council owns 17 car parks, including four in Wyndham. The proposals would have seen all car parks to remain free for the first hour, but after this it would have been £2 for up to three hours, as opposed to £1 for two hours currently. A ticket for four hours will be £5 for a short-stay car park and £3 for a long-stay. An all-day ticket will be £5. Lift for charity which had to leave premises. 
a homelessness charity that was turfed out of its previous premises almost a year ago, has received a lifeline from county businesses to help it continue. Anon, a charity which helps homeless people and those facing food poverty, was previously housed in an old Wyndham Town Council building from December 2020. However, early in 2023, Anon was told its tenancy was up as the authority needed the building back, leaving the charity facing homelessness itself. Following a plea in this newspaper, Anon has been able to work with four generous organisations to get almost the same amount of space as they had previously. Team leader Nasilla Collier said, We reached out to everyone we could think of. We are self-funded and our money goes into supporting those who need it, so the funds weren't there to rent somewhere. Fortunately, following our cry for help, we were approached by Wyndham Methodist Church in Town Green, Barford Van Hire, and a charities warehouse in central Norwich with storage space. We were also given use of an unused kitchen in Fairland United Reform Church in Wyndham, which we now use as a base as we have access 24 hours. Our old premises were rather large, consisting of four big rooms and various cupboard space, so we were able to accept every donation. Thanks to the use of these buildings, Anon is almost back up to the same space they had, which is needed as the demand for what they do in the community has not lessened. Nasilla said, We still make some 120 meals on a Sunday, and people who are homeless or facing food poverty can queue up for a meal with no questions asked. Anything left over will go towards helping families facing food poverty, which we have seen a massive increase in. Anne is always looking for new, Anon is always looking for new volunteers and donations, which can be arranged via its website. Air ambulance called after woman is hit by car. A woman was taken to hospital after being hit by a car in Attleborough. The incident happened at the junction of Shepherd Way and London Road. Police, ambulance crews and an air ambulance were all called to the scene. The woman was taken to hospital with a serious leg injury. Roads in the area were closed and buses were diverted. Police were at the scene while the area was made safe. Meanwhile, a woman was taken to hospital after suffering a fall in the County Hall car park. The incident happened on Tuesday morning and emergency services attended the scene at Martino Lane in Norwich. An ambulance and a critical care vehicle were sent to the scene and the woman was taken to Norfolk and Norwich University Hospital for further care. A spokesman from Norfolk County Council said, We are aware of the incident on Tuesday morning at the County Hall car park where emergency services were called to treat an individual. We will work with our site manager, Norse, to review the incident. Flood victims kept on high alert plead for change to the law. People living in constant fear of flooding have said that they feel helpless to protect themselves unless there are changes to the law. They say confusion over who is responsible for maintaining sections of waterways is leading to a greater risk of major incidents happening. 
It comes amidst a rise in serious natural events, most recently in Attleborough, which led to more than 130 homes being flooded in October. Among those calling for a change are couple Lynn and Hans Short, who spent Christmas in temporary accommodation after their home was devastated in the deluge, the second time in just three years. Mrs Short, 62, who lives in Mill Lane, said, It's heartbreaking. We can't live like this. You have to be on high alert all the time, which is very wearing. We have been fighting for something to change for years and it took all of these homes to get flooded before people begin taking notice. The stress has been huge. The couple's home sits next to a culvert covered by a rubbish screen which is frequently becomes blocked with debris. Through the common law of riparian ownership, it has become the, their responsibility to maintain this section of the drain after Anglian Water relinquished its ownership of the watercourse. But it means that Mr Short, 70, has been taking risks to keep it clear, <coughs> standing precariously upon the screen at all hours of the day, attempting to clear debris when the river levels get high. We get told not to put ourselves in danger, but no one else wants to take responsibility for it, he said. Some people don't know it's their responsibility to maintain streams near their homes, and they don't appreciate what it's involved until it affects them. If a watercourse, such as a stream or culvert, runs through, beneath or adjacent to the boundary of land you own, it is presumed that you have responsibility for maintaining it. This is based on a common law known as riparian ownership. People who live on, own or lease land next to a watercourse are riparian owners and are responsible for maintaining the free flow of water for those downstream. They may have to pay for any damages and could face legal action if there is a lack of maintenance. For now, Norfolk County Council, the lead flood authority, has said it can use its powers to serve notice on landowners if waterways are not maintained. Blocked waterways can be reported by calling 0344 800 8013. That's 0344 800 8013. Or online via norfolk.gov.uk forward slash flooding. Sports car giant calls for reduction in speed limit. Roaring engines and fast cars are a specialty for Lotus, but now the firm is looking to reduce the speed limit in a road near its headquarters. The Norfolk-based sports car manufacturer has suggested dropping the limit from 60 miles per hour to 30 miles per hour in Potash Lane, a road which provides access to the Lotus production facility in Hethel via the B1135 Wyndham Road. The claim was revealed during discussions at a recent Bracken Ash and Hethel Parish Council meeting, and it is understood the firm has held initial discussions with both the local authority and Norfolk Police. When contacted by the EDP about the proposals, Lotus declined to comment. 
The news comes amid an escalating dispute over company staff speeding through Hethel. People living near the facility claim that they are being woken in the early hours by workers heading home from night shifts at high speeds. The noisy nightly commute, which had been dubbed the Lotus Rally by villagers, has even prompted involvement from local police. Bracken Ash and Hethel Parish Council previously raised the issue with the company, but claim there has been no improvement whatsoever, and the management is not doing enough to stop it. And in a major escalation of the row, the authority threatened to thwart the Chinese-owned firm's major redevelopment plans for the site. Colin Rudd, chairman of the parish council, previously told this newspaper, if they can't control it now, then what impact will this huge expansion have? Lotus has always maintained it is taking the issues around noisy employees very seriously, and it is understood senior management spoke to staff about the issue. According to the recent parish council meeting, senior management at the firm told officers they would be happy for police to prosecute, but also asked the constabulary to support plans for a speed limit reduction. We want it to be a community hub. Big support for new cafe. People living in the Norfolk village have been flocking to a new cafe that serves tasty breakfasts, lunches and homemade cakes. Castle Cafe opened in King Street in New Buckingham near Attleborough in December 2023 in the former home of Angel Cakes Tea Room. The new business is run by couple Mark Quinton and Ali Davy, both 58, and their friend Philip Hartley is the cook and baker. Mr Quinton previously spent 30 years working in the IT industry, which he has given up to run the cafe, and Miss Davy continues to work as a nurse for the NHS. They used to live in Buckinghamshire, but they relocated to Norwich in 2018 and then moved to New Buckingham in 2021. Mr Quinton said, We love it in New Buckingham. It is a great village and it has a shop, pub and cafe that all work together. The locals have been fantastic and they have come on in their numbers to support our new venture. From 7am to 8am, customers can get coffee and breakfast baps, which are also available to take away. Then from 8am until midday, the full brunch menu is served, including a fry-up, eggs benetton and smashed avocado on toast. Lunch dishes are available from 12 noon, with options such as jacket potatoes, panini, sandwiches and ham, egg and chips with homemade sweet treats available all day. The cafe, which is dog-friendly, is spread over two floors with around 30 covers, and they have made sure that their prices are affordable without compromising on quality. Mr Quinton added, The reaction has been very positive from people living in New Buckingham and the surrounding villages, and we already have repeat customers. We want Castle Cafe to be a community hub. The opening times are Tuesday to Friday from 7am to 3pm, 
Saturdays from 8.30am to 3pm and Sundays from 9am to 12 noon. It is closed on Mondays. Laser shone at air ambulance puts lives in danger. Police are searching for an individual who shone a laser at an East Anglian air ambulance as it was attending a medical emergency in Attleborough. The incident, the seventh such report in the town since 2021, happened at about 2.30am on December the 27th, sparking a warning about the dangers of distracting pilots. Captain Seb Powderham, from the air ambulance aviation partner Babcock International, said, Lasers directed at aircraft can significantly impact flight operations. If a laser were to incapacitate the pilot's ability to operate due to impaired vision, flight safety would be compromised. Short-term effects include temporary flash blindness and potential distraction at a crucial stage of flight. Long-term effects could include permanent damage to the eye. Pilots may be required to manoeuvre the aircraft to protect the crew from the source of the laser, adjust cockpit lighting to minimise the damaging effects of the laser, update planned landing options or abandon the mission altogether, all of which ultimately impact safety and distract from the operation. Captain Powderham warned that incidents like that could mean a delay to those experiencing life-threatening medical emergencies receiving urgent out-of-hospital critical care, ultimately putting lives at risks. Norfolk Police are keen to trace the culprit to prevent any further incidents. Attleborough Beat Manager PC Dion Phillips said, All the reported incidents happen overnight, often in the early hours of the morning. We've looked into every incident and haven't been able to identify the person responsible, which is why we're appealing to the local community to share any information with us. We think the person responsible is probably in the town centre at the time. Anyone with any information should email SNT that's South Norfolk T, SNT Attleborough at NorfolkPolice.uk. I repeat, that's SNT Attleborough at NorfolkPolice.uk. Or call Norfolk Police on 101. Pottery Studio bid takes shape. With its new non-profit pottery studio and a series of taster sessions, you certainly cannot accuse the people behind Kenning Hall's community studio of being asleep at the wheel. Breaking the mould would be more accurate, with the community studio setting up classes to help shape its students' skills as they enjoy socialising and crafting together. Opened by potter enthusiast Angela Lane in July, the studio in Lopham Road currently has 10 paid members who use the facilities freely to create their work, regardless of ability level. Trying to run it alongside my day job is a struggle, to be honest, said Angela, a mum of two and part-time vet's receptionist. Desperate not to give up on the studio, I offered the option of a more relaxed membership with 24-hour access to the studio for a fixed monthly fee. This meant the studio could continue to function and I could look at other options. 
Then, in November, my own previous pottery tutor, Dawny Christian, contacted me about becoming a member herself. After we talked, we realized that she could play a big part in helping the studio grow, and the studio could help to extend her teaching possibilities. Since then, we have been working together to look at what we can offer in the way of workshops and classes. We are now very excited to be able to look forward to 2024 and welcome many more current or potential potters into the studio. And we are looking at new memberships, which means the studio can continue to grow. New throwing taster sessions will be hosted by Dawny Christian every Thursday from January 18th between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. and 1.30 p.m. and 4.30 p.m. Prices are £40 for a three-hour mixed ability class aimed at those starting out or who have some ability already and £30 per three-hour session aimed at those with knowledge who need support. Free bus travel extension for almost 15,000. Almost 15,000 people will be able to get free bus travel in Norfolk earlier in the day from the start of next month. Norfolk County Council has announced that people living in the county who hold a disabled concessionary bus travel pass will be able to travel within Norfolk for free at any time seven days a week. Up until now, those concessionary pass holders had to wait until after 9.30am on weekdays before they could travel for free, apart from those people registered blind or visually impaired. But Conservative Controlled County Hall decided to permit free travel before that time from the start of February with eligible companions also able to travel for free. Graham Plant, the Council's Cabinet Member for Highways, Infrastructure and Transport, who used delegated powers to make the change, said... Allowing all holders of a disabled pass and their eligible companions to travel for free on buses before 9.30am opens up a wealth of opportunities for them. It ensures they have access to work, education and leisure and helps to combat the risk of social isolation which can be associated with having a disability. In addition, encouraging more use of public transport leads to a greener future and helps towards our ambitions to net zero targets. The change was recommended following an updated equality impact assessment of the scheme, which concluded it was unfair to offer discretionary enhancement to just one group of disabled people. The change will cost an estimated £50,000, paid for by the Council's ring-fenced public transport budget, provided by the Department of Transport. Steve Morfu, leader of the County Council's Labour Group, welcomed the change, but questioned why it had not been made sooner. He said, If the cost can be met from an existing ring-fenced budget, so no new funding is required, and it brings so many benefits, why on earth wasn't this done before? Announcing it as an improvement should also come with an apology. 
that this opportunity has been missed for so long. And now an editorial comment from the EDP. End of an era for historic Norfolk brand. The announcement that Bernard Matthews is preparing to leave its namesake's historic headquarters is a seismic shock to Norfolk Business's community. The poultry farm is considering closing its cooked meat factory at Great Witchingham. If it goes ahead, the move would bring major upheavals for the 600-strong workforce and signal the end of an era for a brand which has become a symbol of this county. It is the base from which Norfolk's tycoon Bernard Matthews built up his business. He also coined the beautiful catchphrase which made his poultry firm a household name and put this county on the map. But now a change in consumer tastes, with people buying less turkey meat, has been cited as one of the many reasons why the company is halting its operations at Witchingham. The other factors are indicators of the wider challenges across a poultry sector which has become synonymous with Norfolk, not least because of the Matthews brand. Unprecedented inflation in recent years, particularly for key costs such as energy, fuel and poultry feed, have heaped pressure onto our region's producers who were also faced with the devastating culls of the UK's worst ever bird flu epidemic last autumn and winter and a post-Brexit shortage of food processing workers. For Bernard Matthews, the result was losses of £10 million last year. The company says all 600 staff on site will be offered jobs at its other sites, including Thetford and Attleborough, and it will continue to sell poultry reared on local farms. But this significant change in our county's rural business landscapes is a major worry for the workers affected. Woman with Incurable Cancer takes part in Taboo Topic exhibition. A woman with an incurable cancer has taken part in a hard-hitting exhibition about coming to terms with end-of-life care. Megan Maclay, 29, was diagnosed with ocular melanoma in February 2020 after believing, believing a flashing light behind her eye was a sign of an impending migraine. Megan and her fiancé, Dimitar, who live in Wyndham, recently joined with end-of-care charity Marie Curie to feature in the new What Matters Most exhibition, which is now on display at the home of the Welsh Government, the Senedd, in Cardiff. The exhibition from filmmaker Kerewen Hughes, supported by the National Lottery Community Fund, is intended to encourage the discussion about dying before it's too late. Megan, who previously worked in Norwich for Aviva, knows all too well about end-of-life planning and said, I'm so glad I could be part of the project. I want people to understand that there are services out there, like Priscillian Bacon Lodge, who I'm with, that have been brilliant in helping me with end-of-life care. Something like this can be a taboo topic to talk about, so I want people who are sick to know they can get help. I have the comfort of knowing I will be taken care of when the time comes, 
and it's important to me I can cause awareness to others. In July last year, Megan was able to get hold hold of life-prolonged treatment, chemosaturation therapy, after £88,211 was donated to her Just Giving page. Dimitar added, I'm aware that there are su- there will come to a point in the future that Megan won't be with me. It's still difficult for me to talk about, and I'm not anywhere near a stage of acceptance about the future, but I'm getting better at thinking about it a little bit. The exhibition will run in the Oriel Exhibition Space at the Senate until February the 15th. And the first item in this edition's community news is from the Attleboro Christmas Lights Committee. It is with a heavy heart that the Attleboro Christmas Lights Committee have lost our chairman, Councillor Joe Ellis, who sadly passed away this week. He will be hugely missed by the Christmas Lights Committee, not only as our chairman, but as a father, uncle and beloved friend to our committee members. Thank you for all you have done for Attleboro and the Christmas Lights, Joe. We will continue to light up the sky for you every Christmas. Our thoughts and love are with Joe's family at this sad time. Next, Hingham Primary School. Can you help? We are looking for old photos, information, stories about Hingham Primary School. We celebrate our 150th birthday next year and I would love to be able to put together some memories and mementos to share with our current pupils about the school's heritage and history. Please get in touch via office at hingham.norfolk.sch.uk I'll repeat that, office at hingham.norfolk.sch.uk UK. From the Wyndham Abbey Facebook page The Abbey Bells will be out of action for several weeks while maintenance is carried out. Bells, like cars, need regular servicing, although the service interval for major work on bells is around 25 years. The clappers have been removed and will be taken to bell hangers Matthew Higby and Company Limited in Somerset for comprehensive work. They will be heated in a forge and rotated so that a spherical rather than a flat surface strikes the bell. The clapper pins from which the clapper is suspended will be replaced as necessary. The largest clapper for the tenor bell weighs about 100 pounds. 50 kilograms, so it was separated into its two parts before carrying down the stairs. In the belfry, the bell bearings on which the bells swing have had old grease cleaned out and replaced. The bull races on these bearings are still in excellent condition after 56 years' service. We wish to express our thanks to the Wyndham Abbey Preservation Trust for funding this essential work. A message from Norfolk Constabulary. We are reminding South Norfolk residents to be vigilant following reports of suspected cold callers operating across the district. 
Officers received a number of reports on Tuesday the 9th of January from residents in Wyndham. The incidents all followed a similar theme of a man knocking at the person's door, saying they had recently been released from prison and wanted to sell household items. We advise you to close and lock your back door before answering the front door. If you do not recognise the person, speak through the closed and locked door. If they are selling something or offering to do any work on your house or garden, tell them that you're not interested and ask them to leave. If they persist, tell them that you will call the police and call us on 999. If you have any doubt, keep them out. We advise that you should never agree to buy goods from or have work done by someone that calls unannounced at their door or approaches you on the street. Often such traders don't provide full names, trading addresses or contact telephone numbers, resulting in it being virtually impossible to trace them if there are any problems with the work or goods. Anyone feeling threatened by a cold caller should call 999 immediately. Anyone with information about suspected rogue traders should contact the police on 101 or alternatively, Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 555 111. That's 0800 555 111. And please consider sharing this with your friends and family. Residents Association set up meeting. As promised last year, the first stage of setting up residence associations is underway. The first meetings will be for Alders and Birchgate and Beckett's Grove, Phase 1. To set up a residence association, you will require a minimum of three people to form the association under constitution for the estate. This meeting is only to form the residence committee, so it is not designed as a large meet, and only requires those who wish to form the committee. Please advise if you are attending to ensure there are enough numbers to form a committee. Date of meeting is the 31st of January 2024 between 3pm and 4pm at the Town Council offices. Wyndham Alpacas and Llamas Hi all! Unfortunately, we have had to make the hard decision to close for the time being. We have been forced to make this decision due to the awful wet weather that has been killing us. The boys' paddock is currently underwater at the bottom of the paddock and also by their shelter. If you have a booking, we will of course honour it. We will message you personally before your experience to discuss options on whether we can go ahead or if it is best to delay your visit. It's the first time in five years we have been forced to close due to weather, so not bad going. The boys are all doing fantastic. They are very hardy animals. Wyndham Abbey Among its many treasures, the Abbey has a wonderful sedilla dating from 1520. A sedilla is a set of three seats for the clergy who celebrated Mass at the High Altar. There are a number of these in Norfolk churches, but what makes ours unusual is that it is of a Renaissance style and probably imported from northern Italy. 
It may look like carved stone, but it is in fact terracotta, clay baked in moulds, and then given a light slip of plaster so it looks like stone. We are currently having it spring cleaned by skilled conservators. It's been getting quite grubby over the last century or so. They have to be painstakingly careful. The material is quite fragile. You are more than welcome to come and admire the sedilla and watch the conservators at work. And a message from Wyndham Heritage Museum. We urgently need people to join us for the 2024 season. We have spaces for museum stewards and tea room volunteers. Stewards greet visitors in reception, take admission fees and answer questions. In the tea room, volunteers serve drinks and snacks. Training is given for both roles and you will work alongside an experienced volunteer and receive support throughout the year. You will also gain knowledge of Wyndham and our displays whilst volunteering. Just three hours a month, more if you would like, will help to keep the museum open seven days a week. We also need help behind the scenes, for example with IT, helping with displays and maintaining our collections, building maintenance, etc., etc. It's a great opportunity to learn more about our local history, meet people and work with a friendly team. If you know of someone who might be interested please ask them to email volunteers at thewhm.org.uk. That's volunteers at thewhm.org.uk or tearoom, all one word, at thewhm.org.uk. From Pride Home Care in Attleborough. Our service users all had so much fun at our Christmas party, they have asked to meet up more regularly. So we have started quarterly service user clubs, and our first one is on the 27th of January. We are planning on doing lots of fun activities, singing, guest speakers, and lots more. Do you have the following items sitting around unused at all that you'd like to donate? And these include puzzles, board games, bingo etc, books, magazines, felt-tip pens, paints, colouring books, plain paper, lined paper, coloured card, word searches, crosswords, puzzle books etc. Any other art and craft items, woodwork etc. We are happy to collect of course, or if you can drop off to either our Attleborough office, that would be fab. The telephone is 01953 303288. That number again, 01953 303288. From the Heatherset Panto team. We are very proud and pleased to announce that this year we will be supporting the amazing Finbar's Force charity in our bucket collection at the end of our shows for 2024. This is a charity that is very close to all of our hearts, being a charity that was personally founded and run by one of our incredible families in the pantomime group. 
Finbar's Force are a local Heatherset charity who support children and families affected by childhood brain tumours and cancers across multiple local counties. They raise awareness, support families, support research and hold lots of fantastic fundraising events to fund their work. Since 2017, the charity has donated an inspirational £60,000 to vital research projects to help children with brain tumours. We would love to raise a record amount of money for this amazing local charity and we would be so grateful for any donation you are able to make to our Bucket Appeal this year. We would encourage you to bring cash along to the show as this is the easiest way to donate. However, other options will be available on the day if necessary. We would also love to encourage you to save the date for our very exciting new fundraising event hosted by Finbar's Force coming on the evening of Saturday the 6th of April 2024. And a letter from Michael Rayner, the Plan Campaigns Consultant for the Council of Protection for Rural England, Norfolk, who writes, We need truly affordable housing. I read the bold claim that under the scheme, the Greater Norwich Local Plan, GNLP, 33% of new homes will consist of affordable housing. This will simply not be the case, as behind this headline, aspirational percentage, there are several important caveats. Firstly, the 33% only applies to major housing developments, which are those for 10 dwellings or more, or of sites of 0.5 hectares or greater. Secondly, the percentage is 28% for such developments within Norwich City Centre. Thirdly, the percentage can be different when there is a relevant policy in an adopted neighbourhood plan. Fourthly, and probably most importantly, the percentage can be changed, i.e. lowered, when an applicant can demonstrate the scheme would be insufficiently economically viable at the application stage. These key caveats, along with the possibility of developers submitting revised viability assessments later in the process, means that the delivered affordable housing figures for the GNLP will sadly be well under the proclaimed 33%. One further issue is that the definition of an affordable dwelling is now so broad that the resulting houses are still not affordable to many. I would add that these policies do little to address the real need for truly affordable housing in rural areas, where the long-accepted policy of rural exception sites, with affordable housing being possible on the edges of villages where development would not usually be permitted, is being watered down by introducing a policy which will allow other types of small-scale development. This is likely to lead to landowners understandably selling these sites at a higher cost rather than keeping them for affordable schemes. Unfortunately, the same is happening across other Norfolk local plans where the rush for greater housing numbers is generally being carried out without due attention being paid to the sufficient provision of truly affordable housing. Mrs Stevenson of Wyndham has a view about public transport. Town needs direct hospital bus. 
Regarding the new 6A Connect bus service between Wyndham and Norwich, why? Why put yet another service straight to the city while Wyndham still hasn't got a direct bus to the hospital? As someone who has to go to the NNN fairly regularly, I have no option other than to drive, which pollutes the atmosphere and costs a small fortune in hospital parking fees. Somewhere I hope someone with authority reads this letter and gets us the transport that Wyndham really needs, not more of the same. And this is a letter from Chris Blaisby of Folly Road, Wyndham. Town Alsize needs better bus service. I refer to the email from Mrs Stevenson regarding the bus services from Wyndham to NNUH. Like her, I find it very strange that Connect has introduced a new service, the 6A, which is an extra one running from Wyndham straight to the city. I volunteer at the hospital every Monday and used to use the number 9 service run by Semmons, which went to the hospital via Heatherset and Little Melton. It was excellent, always running on time, with courteous and friendly drivers. For some strange reason, this service was axed in October, leaving myself and other passengers having, get to the, having to go to the interchange and get another bus for the hospital or change in Heatherset. I have a friend who is also a volunteer who has tried to use the number six going to the Norfolk and Norwich University Hospital, going down the Watton Road, and that hasn't turned up sometimes. Like me, she has to be at the hospital to start her designated shift on time. I find this arrangement extremely inconvenient and cannot understand why the bus companies do not put on a direct service in place, given the size of Wyndham, to cater for patients and volunteers alike. And we conclude the letters with this from Andrew Hoyes. Losing Landlines Janet Munro's letter of January 5th was full of the ubiquitous we are told. I have never been told to have a new boiler. Neither have I been told to have an electric car. And yes, although our landlines will be disconnected, I haven't been told, I have been advised. The reasons for this is that the lines in their current state are expensive to maintain and less effective. The costs for this work are passed on to the consumer, it's obvious. Call charges, line rental and the infrastructure costs related to the switchover will be cut. In a nutshell, this is known as progress. The world cannot move at the pace of the slowest vehicle. And I repeat, the world. So this isn't limited to the UK alone. The man who couldn't even afford a carrier pigeon would love to be this advanced as would the man who had to rub two sticks together to start a fire. He'd have loved a boiler. There will always be people who can't afford a car, or people who can but don't know how to drive. That's how it is. It's best to park the paranoia, realise this is all part of progress, do one's bit to aid the environment, and stop feelings one be, one's being told untruths. And now we move to what's on. We first go to Great Ellingham with the Chit Chat Group. They meet on Wednesday from 10am to 12 noon at the Great Ellingham Recreation Centre. There's tea, coffee and friendship there. 
For more information, contact Anne Reeve on 01953 882065. I'll repeat that number, 01953 882065. And Star Throwers Breast Cancer Support. On Wednesday the 24th of January, Star Throwers Centre, 30 Melton Road, Wyndham. A friendly, safe and supportive group for anyone who has received a breast cancer diagnosis. Our group is open to all to connect with others who have experienced breast cancer. To register, telephone 01953 I'll repeat, that's 01953 or email info at uk. That's info at starthrowers, all one word, .org.uk. And events at Wyndham X Services Club. On Friday the 2nd of February, there'll be bingo in the Regal Lounge. Doors open at 7.30pm for an 8pm start. And on Saturday the 3rd of February, Karen Bell is singing in the members bar from 8pm till 11pm. And Wyndham Methodist Church have an open door every Tuesday from 10am to 12 noon in the Town Green Centre, Wyndham. Refreshments and conversation and all are welcome. At Fawcett Village Hall, the annual Village Trophy Quiz is on Saturday the 3rd of February 2024 from 7pm for a 7.30pm start. Teams of not more than six people from village clubs and organisations or just groups of friends are all welcome. Tickets are £12 to include a curry meal, non-curry and veggie options, the bar open for all your drinks. Get your tickets now by phoning 01953 789 882. That number again, 01953 789882 or email frith68 at gmail.com. That's frith68, F R I T H 68 at gmail.com. And a warm welcome. A warm welcome awaits you at Attleborough Baptist Church. Entrance either on Lays Lane or Harpham Road with disabled access every Tuesday from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Just pop in whenever you want. Help yourself to free tea, coffee, and biscuits, newspapers, board games, puzzles, carpet bowls available, or just sit and chat. A chance to make new friends too. There's no charge. Kindly sponsored by Duncan and Hendry Builders Limited. And a message from Vision Norfolk's Norwich Hub. On Friday the 9th of February, we are starting a new self-help and information group for those suffering from glaucoma. Sessions will be held at our Norwich Hub in Beckham Place, Norwich. The intention is to have discussions about the eye condition and share people's experiences on how they go about trying to live as normal a life as possible. 
Over the coming months, we will have talks from eye specialists, from the eye clinics, from Glaucoma UK and other interesting speakers. Sessions will continue to run on the second Friday of the month and will start at 2 p.m. and finish at 3.30 p.m. Prior to the new Glaucoma group meeting, the Norwich Macular Group will be having their usual monthly meeting between 12 p.m. and 1.30 p.m. New members are always welcome to come along. For more information on any of the activities held at Vision Norfolk's Norwich Hub, please contact Richard Polly on 01603 573 That's Richard Polly on 01603 573 or email richard.polly, P-O-L-L-E-Y, at visionnorfolk, all one word, dot org, dot UK. And finally, some more dad jokes. What do you call a made-up colour? A pigment of your imagination. Why are doctors always calm? Yes, because they have a lot of patience. And where do maths teachers go on holiday? Times Square. And we're coming to the end of this edition of Your Talking Newspaper. If you have any comments to make about this edition or any queries about the service, or if you're having trouble returning the wallets, please contact me, Georgette, on 01953 605434. That's 01953 605434. You can also contact us and listen to the news at www.watn.org.uk. A reminder that the Norfolk magazine follows this announcement. When you finish listening, remove the memory stick from the machine and rotate it back into its protective cover. Place the memory stick and its key fob inside the wallet together with the address label and return them to us. Very best wishes from all of us at the Talking Newspaper. Please stay safe and keep well. The next edition will be recorded in two weeks' time on the 2nd of February. So until then, it's goodbye from us all. Goodbye.